In Florida Ag and Review for the week of August 3rd, the Senate passed its version of the Ag Appropriations Bill. Well, the Senate approved a $124.5 billion ag spending bill this week in a vote of 80 to 17. More than two-thirds of the measure, about $86 billion, will go for domestic food programs, which includes $61 billion for food stamps and a 12% increase in the school lunch program. The Senate Ag Appropriations measure also allots funding to agricultural research efforts to combat destructive pests, crop insurance, food inspection, and land conservation programs. In addition, it provides $3 billion for the Food and Drug Administration budget, which amounts to a 14% increase designed to boost staffing for food and drug safety inspections. The House passed its version of the bill back in July. Now the process consists of both the measures being sent to conference to resolve the differences. The agriculture spending bill for the budget year begins October 1st. Food safety was also a topic in the Senate as legislation regarding the issue finally passed through. Well, with the passing of the Food Safety Enhancement Act in the House with a 283 to 142 vote, House Ag Committee Ranking Member Frank Lucas admits that the approved food safety measures are better than the original bill that came out of the Energy and Commerce Committee, but says it's far from a perfected bill as 17 out of 18 Ag Committee Republicans oppose the legislation on jurisdictional grounds. Beyond that, there are other provisions that are troublesome. One in particular would mandate that FDA to set on-farm production performance standards. I'm stunned that more people are not outraged by this concept. Even after changes that will limit the intrusion of the federal government on the farm, the bill still goes too far in the direction of trying to produce food from a bureaucrat's chair in Washington, D.C. Another issue that Lucas has with the legislation is the imposition of licensing fees on food operations that would generate an uncommitted stream of money. Therefore, he made a motion to direct how those funds would be utilized to ultimately help the farmers. We tried to change the bill to make half the money actually wind up being used for food inspection and the other half of the money be set aside for what it would amount to an indemnity fund so that when FDA makes mistakes, as they did in the tomato case in 2008, where producers suffered $100 million in damages, that there would be funds available to help address their losses. That was defeated on the floor. As a result, Lucas says he can't say with any certainty that the bill coming out of the House will make food any safer. What it does, he says, is dramatically expand FDA authority. Speaking of legislation, Randall Wiseman has this report regarding an issue that's been facing American farmers for a while. Well, the debt tax is one issue that many in agriculture have been watching and fighting for quite some time. And legislation has been introduced by Congressman Mike Thompson and John Salazar that would provide farmers and ranchers relief from that tax. H.R. 3524, the Family Farm Preservation and Conservation Estate Tax Act, would exempt working farm and ranch land from the debt tax as long as the land is kept in production agriculture. Should the land be used or sold for other purposes, then a recapture tax would be imposed. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association is praising this legislation as their president, Gary Vogt, said the debt tax is one of the leading causes of the breakup of family farms as producers are forced to sell their land to pay off taxes off their inheritance. But this legislation is an important step in ensuring hardworking farmers and ranchers can keep the land in their families. Currently, estates valued at more than $3.5 million or $7 million for a couple are taxed at a 45% rate. 
President Obama has proposed freezing it at this level so it can be dealt with at a later date. But if Congress doesn't act to freeze or reduce the estate tax, in 2011 it will revert to a staggering 55% tax on estates worth only $1 million or more. Well, as we get a little closer to home, Ernie Neff takes a look at the discovery of a new citrus mite. University of Florida entomologist Michael Rogers reports on a new mite find in Florida. The Florida Department of Plant Industries put out a newsletter in September of 2008, they reported a new uh, ureified mite, uh, similar to the citrus rust mite or pink citrus rust mite, in Florida. The name of this mite is Diptolomyopus asamica. This mite is only known to feed on citrus, and previously it's only been found in India and Australia on citrus. It was found in Broward County. We are curious to know what kind of a problem, if any, this is going to pose for citrus. We're actually going to be doing some work surveying for this new mite species in Florida citrus, determine how far it's spread, and also see if, if it's going to cause us any problem. And as we wrap up for this week, Everett Greiner talks about the growing trend of roadside markets. There's a roadside farmer's market about five miles down the road from me. There's another about seven miles north. Fresh vegetables, fruits, and flowers are always available. But uh, these are small markets. Throughout this country, this phenomenon is exploding. Consumer preference for farm fresh food is driving an explosion that's unbelievable. And it's a lot more than just fresh tomatoes and string beans. You can buy things like onions, eggplants, plums, watermelons, mustard greens. You'll also see cut flowers, hanging baskets, and bedding plants. And then there's seasonal items like pumpkins, pecans, and Christmas trees. Some markets that let you go into the field and choose your own. Watermelons, bell peppers. I even picked my own blueberries. What drives this industry is fresh. But I say it's fun. Because even with the sweat streaming down my back, I'll pick my own blueberries again next year. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.